Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. I'm going to invite us to turn our Bible to the book of John, St. John chapter 4. St. John chapter 4, verses 1 to 15. John chapter 4, verses 1 to 15. Brother Fox, let us all stand. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was the sixth hour of the day. So a woman of Samaria came and draw, came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciple had gone out into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews had no dealing with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who said to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Whosoever drink of this water will thirst again, but whosoever drink of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to her, the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not come here to draw anymore. 16 and last. Jesus said to her, Go call thy husband. And come here. Let us pray. Heavenly Father. Your written word is placed. On the podium to become your spoken words. I am your feeble servant. Hide me behind the cross. Help O oh God that Jesus will be glorified. Suppress me so we can lift him up. And we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated.
as we have just read the story of the woman of the well, it's a story that is well known to everybody. Welcome, Sister D. As we look through our mind's eyes, I, I want us to picture this woman of Samaria making her way to the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. You see, Jacob's well was there. This well supplies the community with water. And early in the morning, every woman would try to make it to this well to draw water. I remember when we used to go to wells, Elder Brooks, to draw water back in the days. We would try to go early in the morning because at, at the early stage, the water would be clear and nice and calm. Right? And cleaner. So when you go early in the morning, it's also cooler so you can carry more water. Right? So this was a regular for people in Samaria for they did not have running water through pipes like we do today. Imagine for a moment this woman walking in the heat of the North African sun. She is making her way to a place to get what she needs. With the sun at its zenith in the sky. I can imagine her face glittered with, 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 with sweats and rays of lights and perspiration. As she dried her face with her rags from the sweat of the heat of the day. But she was focused on her journey. Determined not to let anyone distract her. People who watch her pass by must have whispered one to another about her. But she did not care. For she was going to get what she needs. Early morning. Early in the morning when you get up. You would use water to wash your face. You would use water to brush your teeth. You would use water to make your breakfast. And we find so many other use for water first thing in the morning. But for this woman, her household ran out. Stay with me. And she would have loved to go early in the morning, but she just did not want to deal with the crowd. So she tried to avoid the crowd at all costs. She makes her way to the place that she goes each and every day carrying with her an empty bucket in her hand. But thought, but though it was empty, it was heavy. Though it was empty, it was heavy. For she is going to a place to get her daily supplies of what she needs. She is going to the well. She goes at an odd time of the day. For the Bible said it was the sixth hour of the day in our time. That would be around 12 o'clock. And no woman in their right mind dare go um, to draw water at that time of the day. So it, you know, it, the sun was just too hot. So it makes perfect sense to go to the well early in the morning. 
when the sun is not at its zenith. But it was strategic for her to go at this time of the day. For she would avoid the gossipers and the chatterbox and the ones that spread rumors. She knows some woman can talk. Mercy. So she goes to the well, not at the 7 o'clock hour, not at the 7 a.m. or the 8 a.m. or the 9 a.m. hour, but at 12 noon. She goes to the well at 12 noon, for she knows at that time, no one, no one will be at the well. But to her surprise, when she gets there, she finds someone there. It is strange for her to find anybody at the well to draw water. To find anybody at the well at this time, rather. But what was even more strange is who she finds there. Right? You see, a man, a man at the well. I, you know, men don't go to the well. Man don't draw water. That was a woman's job. But what she didn't understand was that just as she was strategically, just as he strategically went there to be alone, he strategically was sent by divine appointment to be with her. Watch this. For the Bible say in John 4, 4 and verse 4 that Jesus needed to go through Samaria. No Jews has ever gone through Samaria. Jews always went around Samaria. Because they didn't like the Samaritans. There was a racial divide. And, and, and so Jews would go around Samaria. By the way of the Jordan. To avoid this at all costs. To go through Samaria. But here we see Jesus going through Samaria because he had a divine appointment to meet a woman in Samaria. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we serve a God who would go out of his way just for you and I. She comes to the well. She finds him there. Because when she gets there, she comes to the well, she finds him there. Because when she gets there, her place of needs, she already finds Jesus there at her place of needs. Stay with me. Even though she doesn't know who he is. And, 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 and you, you need to know that where, whenever you get to your place of need, Jesus is already there before you get there. He's already in your tomorrow. Working out the details and the issues you don't even know you're gonna get, you're gonna be faced with. God is so good, He goes into the future. So when we get there, He's already there with a blessing. Let me stop right here and tell us that the only reason these two connect is because this woman runs out of water. 
is the only reason she comes to the well. She runs out of what she knows she needs to live. And when she runs out of what she knows she needs, she runs into who she needs. Did you get that? You see, the only reason she ran into Jesus is because she ran out. My prayer today is that God will make it so sometime he allows us to run out of what we've been depending on so we can run into who we really should be depending on. My prayer this year is not for God to give us abundance. I pray that sometime we will run out of what we've been depending on and he, so we can run into the Savior who we really need. Jesus is at the well. Jesus is at the well. And he is there before she gets there. And he was there with a blessing reserved for her. With her name written on it. Don't you love this story? Remember now she doesn't know who he is. But she, she knows he is not supposed to be there. So Jesus engaged her. In a conversation by asking her for a drink of water. Then she said, it's strange that you ask me for a drink of water. How did you come to ask me for a drink of water? You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan. And, 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 and not only that, you are a man. And I am a woman. You see, for Jewish men, never talks a Samaritan's woman. She said, we are beneath you. We are those who you look down on. We are considered the lowest of the low. How is it that you are talking to me and asking me to get you some water? Then Jesus said, if you only knew who you are talking to, hallelujah. If you only knew in whose presence you are in. Many times we come in a setting like this and we take it for granted that we are in the presence of the almighty God. And so we behave ourselves in ways that we would never do had we been in the presence of the United States of America. The president rather. Of the United States of America. We are to be mindful of the fact that we are in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Whenever we come to this place, we must remember that the great physician here is here. And that he is Jesus, the sympathizing Jesus. We must remember that he is the Lord's our rock. He is the almighty king of creation. He is the Lord in Zion that reigneth. He is the immortal invisible God. Yes, he is victorious. Therefore, when we come into his presence, all Christians must come and join to sing. Loudest praises to Christ the king we must bring. Let all of us with hearts and voice rejoice before his throne. Come, lift up your hearts on high, and let's praise fill the sky. For he is our guide. 
He is our friend. And to us, he will condescend. His love shall never end. Hallelujah. So Jesus said to her, if only you knew who you are talking to, you would have asked him for water because I've got what you really need. I've got what you really need. You might not know this, that you need it, but I know that you, you, you have great needs for it. And all you have to do is ask. And I would have given you living water. Living water? What is living water? You see, she thinks that he was talking about regular water from another source. But we understand from the text that living water is the spirit of the almighty God. Would somebody say amen? Therefore, what Jesus was saying is that we have a problem and your problem is you keep depending on external stimuli to give you spiritual refreshing. The problem with many Christians today is that they need a praise team to enter in the presence of God. You need someone to pull out of you what you should have brought to worship in the first place. Some folks say, I come to church to get a blessing. But I stop by here to tell you that you should be so full of the spirit of God that when you come to church, you brings with you a blessing. I'm stopped by here. I'm here to stop you from, 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 from that kind of worship that this woman experienced. We should be so full of God's spirit so we bring with us a blessing. Do you know who a well worshiper is? She was a well worshiper. You know who a well worshiper is? Let me explain it to you. A well worshiper has to show up to church on the seventh day of the week to get his or her supply to go through the week. That, that's a well worshiper. Those are the folks who depend on church for, for spiritual upliftment. Jesus said, I want to put the spring of living water in you. So that when, when there is no praise team, you can still have praise and worship. Amen. So that when there is no organs, you can still sing praises to God. So before the, and, and, and also before the preacher gets up to preach, some will be reading in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And you will be shouting and singing and praising God for he has put in you the spring of living water. You see, God want to put inside of us this spring of living water so we don't have to keep coming back to the place of dependence to draw water. Does anybody want this kind of experience? 
Does anybody want this kind of experience where you, where the well of the Holy Spirit inside of you? Have you ever been there where you are in a church setting? Where you're not in a church setting? And you start to think about the goodness of God and what he has done for you. And you just have to cry out and praise God. Or have you ever been there where you would be driving down the street and you think about something that you heard in church and you have to pull over to the side of the road and praise God? That's when you are filled with the Holy Ghost. When he takes up residence in your hearts. That's when you don't need the church choir or the praise team to give you that high. You would use your own voice to sing praises. And even if you can't sing, you would praise him anyhow. So she's there. And she's standing in the presence of her savior. With her water pot, water pot in her hand. The water pot is what she uses to get what she needs. Watch this. When Jesus said to her, give me a drink of water. She looked at her water pot and looked at Jesus. And said, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Then she said, sir, where did you get that water? You, you, you know, that one that. You know, I can drink so I don't have to come here and draw again. Because every time I came to draw water, I kept running out and I have to come back again. Sir, where do you get that water? Where do you get this kind of water? Give me this kind of water so I don't have to come back here to draw water again. I want this kind of experience so I would never have to thirst again. Therefore, when she shows, when she shows her desire for what Jesus can give her, when Jesus saw that she was ready for the living water, Jesus said to her, go, call your husband. Are you ready for the spirit of God to live in you? Let's talk about where you're going to put him. Let's talk about the place where you're planning to put him. If you really want the spirit of God, then you need to have somewhere to keep him. Amen? You see, this is not just a holiday visit that he's coming, that he's coming for. He is coming to dwell. He's coming to take up residence. If, if the president of the United States would come to visit you, what kind of preparation would you make? So that you can have him. You would make sure. That your place is clean. Won't you? You would give the best. Of food that you have. You would clean up your mess. So Jesus said. Do you want the Holy Ghost? Then let's talk about. Where you are going to keep him. Go call your husband. What Jesus was saying here to her is, let's talk about your sexual relationship. Then we'll talk about the spirit. 
That's what Jesus was saying. He said, today, everybody wants the spirit of God, but nobody wants to prepare a place for him to dwell. God is waiting to pour out on us the living water, but we must first be in alignment with his will. Jesus said, if you want him, let's talk about your relationship. Are you ready to talk about your relationship? What we fail to understand is that when we talk about sexuality, we always talk about it in the context of behavior. Stay with me. When we talk about sexuality, it shouldn't be about what you shouldn't do and where you shouldn't go and what you shouldn't say or what you shouldn't wear. Are, 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 are what you shouldn't uh, and where you shouldn't go, etc. So sexuality is reduced to a list of do's and don'ts. Sexuality has become a modification of behavior. But when you understand what the scripture has to say about sexuality, it really not talking about the physical odds. But it's talking about the spiritual realms. Therefore, sexual immorality is not a flesh problem. Stay with me. It's primarily a spiritual problem. See, she uses the water pot to get what she needs. Water is essential. Water is, is, is natural appetite. Everybody needs water. Everybody gets thirsty, just like humans have a natural thirst for sexual desire. It's natural, and it's not from the devil. It is a gift from God. Amen? But the enemy has corrupted it so much, and, and what he is doing is to have us use the water part of immoral sexuality to get the water of approval, the water of acceptance, and the water of love. To fill spaces that only God can fill. So guess what? Everybody have a water pot. And everybody is using something or someone to fill that space that God only can fill. The reason she have to come to the well is because she always run out. Can I be honest with you? The sexual pleasure you are seeking to fill. The space that only God can fill. I'm here to tell you that it also will run out. A few minutes of pleasure. It does run out. If you are an, is your anointing worth the episode? Here is this woman facing Jesus the Savior. And she wants... The refreshing of the Holy Spirit, just like all of us do. But in order for her to receive the Holy Ghost, she needs to understand what she is getting into. She must understand that it is not a flesh problem, but the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Just turn with me quickly there. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 18, and listen to what the Bible has to say. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18, the Bible said, 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18. It said, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Did you hear that? Now you see the reason why Jesus have to confront her about her condition. It is because she couldn't trust her to put his spirit in her. In that kind of vessel that was unwilling to change. Why? She was damaging the temple. Now look at verse 19. And here look what verse 19 said. The same chap, same. It said, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God and you are not your own? Almost every time, almost every time we heard this text quoted, it's in the context of nutrition and diet. Whenever folks want, to, want you to feel guilty about not becoming a vegan, they would use this text, or don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? And so they would shake the Bible in your face and beat you over the head with this text. But this text has nothing to do with nutrition and diet. It has everything to do with sexuality and the spirit. Do you know why they try to change the context? Because it's easier to talk about the appetite that is so easy to overcome. But nobody wants to talk about the appetite that is so hard to overcome. And that's the appetite of sexuality. Because there's a whole lot of vegans today who are still struggling with lust. Just like some, uh, some of the people in the other faith, they would twist texts. And use them out of context. So do we Adventists. We take this text and use it out of context. To excuse ourselves from the command to live sexual pure. Because it's easier for us to eat grillers. Than it is to keep our pants up. Therefore we have divorced spirituality and sexuality. When they are so closely linked. Because the reality of it is, this is not physical, but spiritual. Look what the text said. Do you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost? Do you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost? It said, no, that word temple in the Greek is the word neos. Stay with me. And that word, that same word that was used, that's the same word that was used to describe the most holy place in the sanctuary. Watch this. Stay with me. Don't sleep yet. Some people fool themselves in believing that this building is the temple. You, I know you heard that before. And so when they are inside of church or inside of this building, they act one way. But when they are outside of the building, they acted quite another. 
Oh, you have some folks who behave so spiritual inside this church. But if you ever scratch their cars in the parking lot, you wouldn't believe it was the same person that was in church. Why? They have a temple theology. They believe that this building is the temple. But this building is not the temple. This is a place of worship. It is a house of prayer. It is a beautiful building. It has beautiful appeals. And great potential. But this is not the temple. The Bible said you are the temple. Not this building. You are the temple. So what does that mean? I need you to wake up now. That means that wherever you go, God is there with you. Because God is always in the temple. If you're in the bedroom with someone you have no business being there with, guess what? You brought the presence of God in there with you. Because you are the temple. Remember the Greek word for temple that we're talking about earlier. The word is nas. If you really understand the sanctuary service. Temple, like I said, was the most holy place. Therefore, Paul is saying to us, don't miss this. He is saying to us that you are the most holy place on earth. Do you now see why the devil uses immoral sexuality to destroy you? It is, because, it is his Trojan horse to get into the temple. For when you get into sexual activity with someone outside of the marriage bed, you invite the wrong spirit. Stay with me. You invite the wrong spirit into the temple. So it is not even about the flesh. No. For you believe that this is an exchange of fluid and flesh. But there is also an exchange of spirit. Verse 15 to 17. The Bible says. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the member of Christ and make them members of harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Whenever you engage in sexual activity with someone outside of the marriage bed, you became one with that person. Then you broke up and went with another and you became one with that person again. And before you know it, you have pieces of you all over the place because you are looking for spiritual fulfillment through sexual activity and it does not give you sexual activity for we never meant to be fulfilled through sex. 
you were meant to be fulfilled by God. That's why you feel guilty. You know that guilty feeling? That's why you feel guilty and you try to stop, but you find yourself keep doing it. The same thing over and over again because you just can't stop. Why? Because you are you you are forcing you are forcing on the you are facing the behavior aspect of the issue. But behavior modification is not the answer. You've got to have a change in your spirit. You see, we are constructed like the temple. Did you know that? There is the outer court. There's a holy place. And there's a most holy place, right? First Corinthians 6 and verse 20. Let's see what verse 20 says. First Corinthians 6 verse 20. For you were bought through a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. It said glorify God where? In your body and in your spirit. So we always focus on what we are doing with our body. And the devil just loves for you to do just that. To focus on the behavior modification. Because he knows that not, that's not where the power of change comes. The reason why the devil wants you to focus, to forget about the spirit, is because he wants you to try harder in the flesh. And when you try harder in the flesh, you fail harder. The Bible said glorify God in your spirit, which is God. That means if you are the temple... The most holy place is where God's dwell. So when you are changed in the spirit, your spirit will help your mind to tell your body what to do. Did I go too fast? You see, when you're changed in the spirit, your spirit will help your mind to tell your body what to do to do and how it should behave. The problem with us is that we are trying to work from the outside in. When God is trying to work from the inside out, God is trying to change not just your mind, but your spirit also. You see, the presence of the Lord is trying to fill you from the inside out. Now, this woman gets nervous. Because like many of us, we love Jesus the Savior. But don't like Jesus the Lord. Because Jesus the Savior delivers us. But Jesus the Lord tells us what to do. The Lord gets into your business. Gets into your closet. Begins to speak to you about things you haven't talked about in years. Oh, we love Jesus the Savior. But got an issue with Jesus the Lord. He said, I want to bless you. But in order for me to bless you, I must first fill you. And I can't fill you if you're already filled with things that you think you need. When I am all that you need. 
There's a lot of people who are struggling with lust. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because the Lord want to help us. But before he does, we need to confront the problem. If you truly want to conquer it. You see, because we can never conquer what we don't confront. And this is a spiritual reality. It's not just getting more teaching. Not just reading more. Not just knowing more truths. The devil love it when you know the truth. But lack spiritual power. That's what this woman did. Five times she tried the right way. And after the fifth marriage, she just said, I had enough. And so the sixth one, she just decided to live like a married person. I'm not trying anymore. Maybe she said, what's the difference? I am just going to live the way I want to. It is nobody's business. I'm going to do what I want. She kept using the water pot to get what she thinks she needed when she was talking to who she really needs. So Jesus confronts her. And notice that in his confrontation, his tone was not condemnatory. You see, he confronts her with the truth of who she is. But he does not condemn her. Confrontation is not the same as condemnation. Because, because God confronts us. It doesn't mean that he's condemning us. Or it doesn't mean that he hates us. He may hurt us sometime. Hurt our feelings sometime. But it's because... He loves us and wants us to be saved. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go back to John 4. And let's notice something here. John 4 verse 15 and onward. John 4 verses 15 and onward. 16 and 17 rather. John 4, 16 and 17. Jesus said to her, go call thy husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have five husbands and the one whom you have now is not your husband. In that you have well spoken. You see, Jesus asked her to go call her husband. And the woman said, I have none. Jesus said to her, yes. You have well spoken. You have none. For you have five. And the one that you have in the house right now. Is not even yours. For that you are right. So she did what everybody else would do. She changed the subject. She begins to talk about worship. Jesus wasn't talking about worship. But since she want to talk about worship, Jesus said real worshipers will worship me in spirit and in truth. Amen. He said God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. 
Therefore, God is not limited to where you go to worship. He is everywhere. Can't you see him everywhere? Wait a minute. Everywhere? Everywhere? Oh, yes. That means that he is with you in the back seat of the car. Hmm? That means that he is watching you when you're on the computer, on those screens, those sites. That means that he is listening to your phone conversation. He is everywhere. God is a spirit. And those who worship him don't just worship him in a building called church. They worship him wherever they are, even in their bodies. This woman has been through five failed marriages. She has been victimized by failed, failed relationship. And so now, and so nobody wants to associate with her. Nobody wants to talk to her. But guess what? Jesus is talking to her. Jesus went through Samaria and found this woman who was broken by her past. Imprisoned by her presence with no hope of a future. But there is grace in the story. Hallelujah. There is grace in the story. It said marvelous grace of our loving Lord. Grace that exceeds our sins and our guilt. Sin, yes, sin threatens our soul with infinite loss. But marvelous, infinite, matchless grace that is freely bestowed on all who believe. Oh, you that are longing to see his face, will you this moment his grace received? This woman now realized that Jesus knows everything. About her. Everything. And Jesus knows everything about you too. But he is still. Talking to you. Aren't you glad that even though. Jesus knows everything about you. He's still talking to you. Aren't you glad that even though. He knows everything about you. He woke you up this morning. And, and, and he still put. Food on your table. He has a roof over your head even though he knows every dirty thing that you ever done. Every nasty thing. Every scandalous, sensual, sexual and malicious things that you have ever done. He still gives you mercy for every day. Aren't you happy that despite your past, God still loves you. Look at this woman. The water pot that she brings to get what she needs, she left it by the well. Stay with me. You need to wake up now. Let me give you a moment to wake up. You cannot afford to miss this part. You see, the water pot that she brings to get what she needs, she left it by the well. And she run into the city and, 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 and call everybody that she could see. Come see a man. A real man. A loving man. A compassionate man. He is not like my first husband who cheated on me. Come see a man. 
He is not like the second one, that lazy husband who didn't want to work. And so because of that, we lost our home. Come see a man. He is not like the third husband. You see, he had a drinking problem and he used to come home and beat up on me. And everything we worked for just went into the bottle. Come see a man. He is definitely not like the fourth one, for he was a gambler. Come see a man. He is not like the fifth one I call husband. He was greedy and just could not satisfy. He went away one day with all our life saving. Come see a man unlike the one that is in my house right now who is only with me for what he can get. He is, he is, he is there because of how I look. Come see a man. But now, I met a real man. He knows everything about me. But he still loves me. I was down and he picked me up. Can I tell you that he mends broken hearts? Can I tell you that he gives me strength when I'm weak? Come see a man. He is the seventh man. For seven is the number of deliverance. Are you with me? For seven is the number of completion. Are you there? And seven is the number of perfection. Come see a man. Jesus is the seventh man. And the seventh man brings grace. And the seventh man, he's my redeemer. He comes to rescue me. He comes to protect me. And yes, Jesus is the seventh man. He is all you ever need. He is your burden bearer. Do I have a witness? Yes, he is your heavy load sharer. And he is your mountain mover. Yes, he is your way maker. He is the lawyer in the courtroom. He is your doctor in the sick room. Come see a man. He is the lamb of God. He is the word of God. He is the son of God. Do you hear him? Are you? And he was also sent by God. Come see a man. He is the seventh man. Yes, he is Solomon's rose. Oh, he is Abraham's ram. He is Jacob's ladder. He is Jeremiah's branch. He is the bread when you are hungry. He is water when you are thirsty. He is rest for the weary and hope for the jerry. He is your rock, your shield, and your sword. He is the wheel in the middle of a wheel. University can't explain him. They try, but they just cannot. Parliament tried to unseat him, but they just could not unseat him. Philosophers can't rename him. Armies can't defeat him. Computers can't, can, cannot delete him. Historians can't deface him. Terrorists cannot deface him. Islam cannot behead him. And, 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 and the Pope cannot replace him. What a mighty God we serve. His words is true. His love is real. His way is just. His aim is right. His peace is perfect. His mercy is great. His blessings are many. And his ears is attentive. Oh yes, his rights, his works 
are righteous. His miracles are matchless. His heaven is glory. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Romans 5 verse 20. But where sins abound. Grace does much more abound. You see God's grace is what transforms each of us. It is not. It is the transforming agent that reveal, renew, revive, and restore us. It transformed the worst into the best. It transformed the least into the most. It transformed the lowest into the highest. The meanest into the kindest. The vilest into the purest. The poorest into the richest. There is grace that abounds. Even more than our sins. What a mighty God we serve. I know we try so hard to live perfect lives. But we're no match for the evil one. And I can't tell you that I'm going to fix your problem. But I can recommend you to someone who can do, do so. All of us at times struggles with issues. But there is a God who said, come unto me. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins may be as scarlet, they can be white as snow. Today, if you come here with a burden, don't go back and leave it. Don't, don't go back with it. But you can leave it at the foot of the cross. You can say, Jesus, I'm giving it all to you. I'm giving it all to you. I want to pray for somebody today. I want to pray for somebody today. I don't know what your issue is, but I don't need to know. But one thing I can do, I can pray for you. That Jesus will be by your side. If you're having any issues, whatever your situation may be, and you want to say, Elder, pray for me. I'm going to ask you to stand. And let's come, let's come and let's pray together. Let's leave it at the foot of the cross. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You have a conqueror in Jesus. You have victory in Jesus. He is our deliverer. He is our victor. Don't go home the same way you came. Because he's willing to take all your problems and replace it with love, with joy, with peace. Eternal God and our Father. We're so thankful to you for the story of the woman at the well. The story that shows how loving Jesus is. The story that shows us that Jesus came not to condemn, but to call sinners unto repentance. 
The story that shows that Jesus would not overlook anyone, regardless of what your situation will be. So now, Lord, as we come, we come with our burdens. We come with our problems. We come with our issues. We come with our pain. Somebody here is crying inside, Lord. But you know that person. And so, Lord Jesus, I'm asking you to visit this person even now. May your Holy Spirit tabernacle with this person. Oh, God, I pray that this person will find peace. Pray that this person will find peace. I pray for a congregation. I pray, oh God, that you will give us strength as we go from day to day to face the obstacle that we come up against. Lord, thank you for this message. And we ask you to bless us in a mighty way as we go from here in Jesus' much less and wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at saviinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting saviinggracesda.org.